So family only vacation complete. Yeah, it was good. Kelly's Island again. Relaxing. Don't have to go anywhere. Don't have mm-hmm. to do anything. And yeah, you don't have the annoyances of of my siblings <laughs> and our parents. Uh, right. So yeah, it was good. I had to come home Thursday because I had the coverage for Justin on Friday. So really, because you were not on your uh, I am at all on Friday. I was working on Friday. Oh, I tried to IM you, I think something, but never responded. Oh, well. No biggie. I may have just tweeted you. I don't know. Um, Mr. Robot? Yeah. It it strikes me a lot about that the show is... I, I tweeted this, but... Um, you know, the, the show appears to be, at first, oh, it's a show about hacking. Mm-hmm. But it's a show about hacking in as much as Breaking Bad was a show about chemistry. Right. They get the details right. Right. But it's not really about that. This is a show about mental illness. Uh, the two main characters are pretty severely mentally ill, both the, you know, the protagonist and the ostensibly the antagonist. Uh, and you see sort of the structures there, but but they're not. What's interesting is that they're not mentally ill uh, to the point where it's like um, where they're stark raving mad, right? Where, where, where normally a show would present somebody who's mentally ill as completely incapable of of, of uh, you know being a, the thing we had about the functional alcoholic situation, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, these are functionally mentally ill people. They're, they're able to work in society, but they still have major mental issues. Sure. And we also get to see sort of the source of those issues and how that makes them work in society. So I found it very... So at the end, at that last scene, uh-huh. I really like the choice of them casting someone like Christian Slater, a familiar face. Interesting. Because as we're watching, you know, he's very recognizable, you know. So there's like this familiarity we have with the character where Elliot had this probably a subconscious familiarity with that character. And then also when they showed all the photos, either it was really good Photoshop or some of Christian Slater's real old photos. Right. You know, and um, I just kind of like that casting because, you know, it's someone that Elliot was familiar with, but didn't recognize just like how he didn't recognize Darlene. And I think, you know, casting a recognizable character like Christian Slater Pass that on Just to sort of help the illusion. Pass that on to the audience yeah. as well, to a degree. Um, I still think Mister Robot's all in his in his mind. There's people who think differently, but uh, that was so. We had talked previously so about how like Mister Robot has like pretty much only interacted with Elliot, and then that was it that episode or the episode before where there was a whole bunch of vignettes of Mister Robot interacting with each of the other hacking right. crew. Yeah, where in reality it was probably Elliot. But, you know, he was very definitely interacting mm-hmm. with a lot of different people. And, uh, yeah, so there was a little bit of foreshadowing, you know. Like, I really like how the, the scene where Darlene and um, at the ballet studio. Yeah. The, the, the very you're beginning, like, you're like, wait, those two are friends? How are they? Yeah. yeah how are they that familiar, right? You yeah. Know? And, 
Yeah, so you know, I like how they walked into it. I went back to and I watched some of the other scenes from the old episodes, and it made Starlene character make so much more sense. She acted with such familiarity towards him. It was mm-hmm. these weird interactions, but once you say, "Oh, that's what's going on," it totally changes right. the picture. Barges into his um, apartment right. and won't leave and whatnot. Gets involved in some real shady stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really cool series of reveals there, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like you said, you know, the character—it's about the characters first and whatnot, and and I really enjoyed. It. You know, that, I sent you that tweet about the the server name thing. I wasn't really complaining about the tech because the tech—I went back, I kind of reviewed the tech after yeah. I watched the episode the first time, and it was all really well done when Terrell was logging into the server and looking for that file. You know, the command he ran was the right command to run. The one thing... And like I said, I, mean, I think they get it right. Like, they like they got the chemistry right in Breaking well, Bad. They, 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 they got something right, but it might have been accidentally right. Because the file, that FD1 info, that he couldn't... You know, that FD... That, that file... FD, F Society? The F Society file, or, the, you know, at least the director. It was, yeah, it was the F Society director. The uh, unit file permissions on that file... He should have been able to read it, but it said permission denied. So is either a mistake or the rootkit that was on the box is keeping him from reading it. Mm-hmm. You know, so while it may have been a mistake, it's like, oh, the box has a rootkit that you know is, is telling yeah. the kernel that file doesn't have permission for any user except for you know the F Society user or something like that. Um, and then the scene where they showed Elliot's screen at Allsafe, right? That was the one where the back screen in the log file, the server's name was server name. <laughs> yeah. But in the front window, you know, it was showing some fail, like a, an, a, a suspicious SSH login in the logs. You know, so it was, you know, I, I approve again of, of the tech as they showed it. Because... It is suspicious that someone would be logging in as server data. I um, actually, so the biggest problem is uh, I've used OS Ticket, the ticketing software that he logged into is. Um, mm-hmm. What's his boss's name? Giles? Or no. Uh, Gerald? I don't know, whatever his name starts is. Starts with a G, but. Uh, the. Jeffrey? <laughs> he would have had to have also got into his boss's email and hidden like the email response from his update you know so. well, I, thought, I thought he was he was in his no no that, that no that was that was the ticketing that was the help desk software he was in but it, it, he initially got into a gmail and then he was able to no was he he wasn't in his boss's gmail was he i think so i mean it, it looked a lot like gmail so. Well, but the thing you had to get the two-factor to log into was the help desk software. Okay. So help desk software that I've actually installed and run before. And we actually switched away from it last year. Uh, so, you know, it's like, hey, OS Ticket, I know that shit. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I thought that the <coughs> naming, naming uh, server server name is... A little meta. I thought it was like, you know, if I were running a company, yeah, this would be server name. This would be <laughs> keyboard one. <laughs> yeah, they probably did an install. No, it doesn't even pick that by default because it was running CentOS. Um, <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting way too deep into the technical. It's, it's like, but I enjoy it because it's like almost all spot on right. But... I don't think that's why you enjoy it. I mean, you enjoy that aspect of I, it, too. I do enjoy that aspect of it, too, yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to 
any show that takes that much effort to get something that I'm an expert in correct, I'm you know, I'm going to enjoy just that much more. Mm-hmm. You know, if there was a show about you know, you know, some mentally ill guy in a brewery, I'd want the brewing stuff right. You know, so true. How about hackers in a brewery? What are they going to be doing? I don't know, but it's a, it could be the new hit cable TV show we should write. <laughs> Zombie hackers in a brewery fighting zombies. I'm really appreciative of of how well the show is shot, how well the the the, the storytelling is done, and uh, the other stuff is just icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear you. The the uh, the DP, you know, the the way they take the shots are just. Double penetration. <laughs> Director of photography. Um, just, the, just the shots. They're so good. We talked about that one where the thugs were in Elliot's apartment, and just the way they had that camera had yeah. him like framed wrong and put the studio or put the audience, at, you know, an uncomfortable position. You know, just that was probably the best, the best example of it so far. Trying to think of what any interesting stuff has happened because it has been an interesting week, but. Um, it's Sunday. My mind is kind of fried. What? Uh... Yeah. So the uh, Perseids were this week, and I was up on Kelly's Island, where it's fairly dark. You could see the Milky Way. Uh, had a clear night on Wednesday night, and I saw a couple really good ones early on, like probably around like nine ten or so, ten ten thirty, and then there was this like ridiculous lull. Like I didn't see. A meteor in like 45 minutes after that. And then I saw a couple more, mm-hmm. you know, and I had stayed up till 1 o'clock the night before watching it until the clouds rolled in. And I was getting tired. Actually, Allison was out with me. She fell asleep, so I let her nap for a while until it started, until it was going to pick up. And it really didn't seem like it was picking up that much. You said you heard reports that it was a good year for the Perseids. Yeah. Maybe, maybe at 3 or 4 in the morning maybe, it was a good that, year. that's sort of when... Yeah, I was hoping for, you know, to see a couple earlier, and I saw enough to be satisfied. The sky was dark enough. It was funny, there was other people on the campsite watching it, because whenever you'd see a good one, you'd hear, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what else happened up there? Um, kids like the microscope. They didn't use it all that much, but, you know, they were looking at rocks, and they really enjoyed the, the sand that was clinging to the rocks, because it turns from just dust into, like, yeah, shiny the, gems. Yeah. So that's what they liked the most of that microscope. Um, this little handhold microscope, like kids field microscope, right. I would describe it as is what Greg got the kids. Maybe not even kids. Maybe you know. Um, no, it, it can be used by anybody. Yeah, it's just yeah. it, it's it's easier for kids to handle. It's a little bit larger. Like yeah. I, I have a smaller version. It's a little bit more powerful, mm-hmm. but it's also I mean, right. a lot harder to handle. Right. Um, what else? Had some good beers. Good Ohio beers. Last week, stopped the Fatheads on the way out. Filled a couple of growlers. Stopped the Catawba Island Brewing. Got a couple more. They had a mango. They had mango habanero blonde. It was. It wasn't sculpting, but it was decent. And uh, there's there's one uh, one bar on the island that like just focuses on Ohio drafts. So I got to try a whole bunch. You know, from, from there I got to try a bunch of breweries I've never even most of them I hadn't even heard of. So it's pretty cool. Want to show you something? 
Okay. Okay, so this is, this relates to a little bit to magic. I'm not going to do any magic for you. I'm just going to show you something here. This is a deck of cards that I've previously used. Okay. I'll close it so I can show what I'm trying to show to you. 52 cards. Okay, and what do you want me to do with this? Or I just You can do whatever you want. Whatever the heck you want. Whatever I want. All right. Now, actually, you know, you can take take your pick from one of these. I don't care. Um, I need one of those too. Yeah. All right. That's a, that's a completely new deck. Shake it as well. Still space. Yeah. Open it up. Open it up. So look at the little release tab. Yeah. Here, if I can get under it, that didn't work. There's a <laughs> this ring, little, yeah, this there's little a ring, ring that hang it. hang it from. I was hoping that would tear the cellophane, but no, is this the part of the trick where you can't get the bag? There is no okay. trick. This is not a trick. This is a demonstration. Come on. When he's here, use a pencil to. All right. All right. Now what you'll notice after you break the seal uh-huh. okay yeah and inside are not 52 cards but rather more more I believe there are 56 in there maybe there, there might even be more. Facebook, right? Oh, here, we'll you just take, you just remove the ones that are jokers and the ones that are something. There's something different, and then at the bottom, the other side, yeah. So there are 56 cards inside there, and there was still space. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm trying to demonstrate is that sometimes when you somebody comes out with a deck of cards, they may have more than 52 cards in that deck, and there's still plenty of room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the assumption is always that the card is, you know, the deck is what it is, but it's not necessarily. Those are meant to hold a little bit more. That's that's the idea. The reason why is well, they're not meant to hold more. They're meant to have space for right, that many cards space to for, slide in and slide out easily. Right. And the reason why is because I was uh, Nick showed me a, a trick um, that was on Britain's Got Talent that uh, I immediately picked out how it was done. Um, but it relied on there being slightly more cards in the deck uh, and basically the stuff I showed you before. It's essentially the same trick. It's just mm-hmm. it. they did uh, sort of a move. Try to, uh, try to demonstrate. Um, well, if, what I'm going to say is I'm going to say um, when you're... Okay, well... I want you to look for something, and when I'm going to do it, I'm going to try to do the move, okay? And you didn't see it because I already did the move. Um, that was That's the basic of, of the trick. Finding some card. If you're not paying attention, or if it's away, you don't see that move, and the card is upside down. Right, mm-hmm. that's the basic of the trick. Now, that's the simple version. Um, 
another a sort of similar trick is right there's the ten of diamonds. That's on top. Cool. Nice, huh? Yeah. Very. It's a killer move, but that's all it is. Just a, you just have to get really good at those yeah. uh, sleight of hand parts of yeah. it. Just like dropping that quarter out of that quarter box. You know, or at least trying to do it. Yeah. <laughs> She's. Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, you. That's just that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So it's hard for me because like you want to get the nice smooth closing action and you want to drop the quarter out mm-hmm. and if you're too tight you're gonna trap the quarter or whatnot. I've been yeah I've been I haven't been practicing to necessarily get good at but right. I just tried it a few times to you know see what it was like and the reason I have so many decks of cards is because I have you know I practice a lot I have them around and so they will get dirty and I found. Um, place on Amazon that gives you like 12 of these decks for like 20 bucks so mm-hmm. I just have a whole bunch of them makes it easy to do practice because then you don't have to really worry about this is like my deck of clean cards if I practice too much it'll get gross but I can show you the trick later and, and, and you can see if you can pull out what, what happened but it's pretty pretty well done trick cool but, easy, but if you know what you're looking for right, easy trick um, LHC, you mentioned it last time. You're talking about the Atlas. Do you know what Atlas stands for? Uh, uh, I've seen it. I don't remember it. <laughs> it stands for uh, A Toroidal LHC Apparatus. Okay. <laughs> I'm a fan of the other major experiment, uh, CMS, which is the contact muon solenoid. There are two other experiments, two other uh, sort of not as big experiments but very relatively large experiments. There's uh, LHCB, which is the um, it, they're measuring bottom quarks and they're looking for um, they're, they're looking for CP violation. They're looking for places where there's more matter than antimatter and they think mm-hmm. the bottom quarks are where that happens. Yeah. Uh, and then there is Alice, which is a large ion collider experiment. I love these <laughs> cheesy acronyms <laughs> they come up with. Um, and there's a couple other ones, apparently, that I didn't know about the totem or LHCF or moedal. Totem is total cross-section, elastic scattering, and diffraction disassociation. Weird. LHCF is LHC forward, and modal is monopole and exotics detector at the LHC. Cool. So, I mean, because since the LHC is one big machine, mm-hmm. what they do is they have several experiments running. Uh, so they can both, so you don't have to build 18 of these. <laughs> You right. just build a bunch of experiments along the line, right? And you're assuming that you're essentially doing this, doing uh, similar experiments, but with different apparatus, so you're getting different results. That's why when they detected the Higgs, they could do it um, because they they took both the Alice and the CMS results, which are different, and f- used them to get okay. the the five sigma. Cool. Did you listen to in particular at all? No, no not, not yet. yet. Sorry, okay. that's okay. Just wondering if you did and what you thought about it. Um, read my first Kindle book. I like it. It's 
nice hat and not having to carry it out, you know. Yeah. And, you know, the times where you just have your phone, you just pull it up on your phone and read a page or two when you're on the shitter or whatnot. It's it's kind of nice. When you're on the shitter. When you're on the shitter. <laughs> shitter Kindler. You have a, a version of Paperwhite, a newer version. Uh, the, you know, I, I have a older <coughs> version, which doesn't have nearly as good DPI. So... Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Not as fast. I picked the Amazon, um, you know, the Amazon uh, proprietary font. And it, it's really nice read. It's a good. I like the Paperwhite a lot. I think it's a real. It's a real good reader. It, the battery lasts forever. Uh, e ink is a lot more readable than mm-hmm. other stuff. So yeah, yeah. The battery. I mean, I only went through half a battery, and used you know the light a fair amount the backlight a fair amount uh one day i was reading i forgot to turn it off even during the day so it was on for most of the day not most of the day but most of my reading throughout the day and uh yeah it was quite nice trying to think i i you know i like i I found myself like tapping in the very very bottom right corner to turn pages and you know we don't need to yeah you can just tap on the side well no but well no but they have kind of a dead zone in the very very like down there oh really i think they have a deaded out for too many incidental taps Uh, i see and that's where i was like tapping so i found it annoying that i'd have to like you know tap again like in more you know more on the screen (laughs) uh but other than that you used to it right yeah, yeah. I'm wishing they had some kind of like trade-in program where you could like get re- reduce copies, uh, e-ink copies of of books you already own. What do you mean? You know, oh, like, oh, like, like where you could like scan like the UPC of a book you own or something, and and not have to pay fifteen dollars for it. Didn't Apple do something like that originally with iTunes? If you had a yeah. CD, you, but I don't think they don't do. I don't think they no. do that anymore. Yeah, Apple's had that thing where you could take all your digital music. Like even stuff you stole, and for like a flat rate, get it all like. No, but no, I, I mean there there was some service or something that you if you had a CD, uh-huh. it would say okay, I recognize you. Yeah, there's a CD there's like a music have, match type thing. Yeah. yeah, they had that for digital music too, where you could get it all converted to Apple format. Like you get the high quality stuff of your low quality rips. They had that a while back too. Um, yeah, so I mean it would be nice to like, you know, like I got couple books like when i never finished the um i count down to zero day the stuxnet book and you know it'd be nice if i could just load that on i went on amazon to see what it was going for in the you know the uh ebook version it was 14.99 i didn't want to pay 14 dollars for a book i already paid 24 for you know so or 30 or whatever i paid for it when it was new so there's yeah. that well i mean Maybe Books could, are easy to get. Yes, maybe I could look for a black market version of it. And, you know, I already did buy a copy of it. Yeah. And so, so you're not really cheating anybody out. Yeah. Except for, you know, the, the movie studios who want you to buy the same movie six times. Right. Over the li- over your lifetime. Betamax, then VHS, well, then Star Laser Wars Disc. is the worst of this. I mean, yeah. think about how many, how many versions of Star Wars they released. Yeah. But even ones, you know, even ones they haven't particularly done much different on, but just have remastered or whatnot. But, you know, there's never been a trade-in problem, program to, you know, get a reduced-price Laserdisc for your VHS tape and get a reduced-price DVD for your Laserdisc and get a... Right, yeah. No one's, no one's asked. No one's really putting a big enough stink and 
it's not in the movie studio's best interest to do that kind of thing. The um, the algae, the blue green algae, and their their toxins were full blown and eerie this year. Like water was murky. Mm. The the beach had you know three levels of signs: as green, everything's good. It has orange, you know, high levels of toxins. If you're very old or very young, you shouldn't swim. Don't drink the water, and don't swallow the water. And then red, which I guess probably beach clothes. But the way the the way the sign was bolded, I couldn't see exactly what the red sign, you know, what said. And um, so I mean, it was fine. We just made sure we rinsed off good afterwards and whatnot. But really murky. I was trying to find on another part of the island. There's. I found every geocache on Kelly's Island, except for one. I guess on Kelly's Island is technically true. This one was probably about 50 feet out in the water, mm-hmm. uh, at about, you know, like chest height, wading depth. And the waves are, it wasn't like in a protected area, so there was a fair amount of waves, and I couldn't see where I was going because it was so murky from the algae, so I just couldn't Have bring you had myself. this one? Shower beer, no. I've heard about it, but I haven't had it. Um,. I just couldn't bring myself to wait out that far where I couldn't see where I was stepping. And I, you know... So there was one geocache at Kelly's Island, but not on Kelly's Island that I haven't found. Well, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do? I don't know. I just wanted to check off that whole thing. You know, wipe that slate clean. <laughs> like, oh, you son of a bitch. Lost several people that looked for it couldn't find it, so I didn't want to, you know, also go in there and get all wet. I didn't have my swimsuit on or anything. I didn't want to get super wet and for no for nothing. But maybe I should have went. Get super wet. Super wet. Uh so uh Donald Trump's still leading the polls, huh? Yep. Did you see the uh Larry Lessig thing? Nope. You know who Larry Lessig is, Lawrence yep. Lessig? So he you know he did that book a couple years ago about uh, Oh, campaign finance and stuff like that. Well, he is um, doing crowdfunding where if he, he wants to raise a million dollars and he's running on a platform where he just wants to pass one piece of legislation and then he's going to resign. Mm-hmm. That and was a Howard Stern model. So he wants to you know pass a, a kind of legislation to... Uh, you know, basically reform finance. Like everyone, I I, I can't recite from memory is, is he exactly trying, what he's trying is, to. I can't recite from memory exactly how he plans on solving that problem. But it's the, the th- and there's a YouTube video that you can watch. It's only a few minutes long, but it's uh basically you know it, he he will run as a Democrat. He makes if if any of the other runners, people running uh, contenders, pledge you know make that their like foremost campaign you know like pledge like the the primary focus he won't run right but that's not going to happen so if he gets his money he's going to run and um you got to watch the video he can say it a lot better than I can uh, is what's the point of him running the point of him running is. Because he wants to fix the way... No, but he's not going to win. He knows that. He must. No yeah. one knows who Larry Lessig is. 
You know who he was. Yeah, I know who he was because I watched Tech TV in the night. <laughs> At least Bernie Sanders was has been like a, a congressman for you know mm-hmm. eighty years, right? Just dumb. It's, it's just political grandstanding. Thought you'd be a little less cynical and a little more. I mean, I didn't think you'd. I'm think you'd very win. very cynical about politics right now. Well, I thought this would be the kind of thing that you might get behind even if it's a crazy long shot no seems like no because to me uh, here's here's the thing about politics here's the thing that, that here's the thing that, that that some people so often people misunderstand i think about politics politics is about compromise that's the point of politics so running on on a campaign where you will not compromise on a certain thing is extraordinarily counterproductive Politics is about compromise. So I don't buy anybody who's running on a this is it, period. Uh, you know, This is the way it's going to be, and that's it. No ifs, ands, or buts type of proposition. Okay. Uh, it's been a while since I saw. I'm trying to remember the details of what he wants to get done. He wants to reform the way campaigns are paid for. Sure. Great. So do I. I don't... Don't I'm not saying he only has one way of doing it that he wants to, you know, because it still has to get passed by Congress. So he's a reasonable, sane person. It's radical, yes. Nobody's going to vote for a candidate on a single issue, hoping that they'll then resign. And what? Who's <laughs> who's going to who's going to come up in their place? Well, he's talking. The way he talks is his running mate is going to be, you know. Why can't his running mate just do that then? <laughs> it's a. I think he does cover that. I mean, the reason I, why Howard Stern did that way is because Howard Stern had a name. Howard Stern had a presence, and he could use that to get elected. He wanted to get these things these things through and then have somebody else take over for him because no one thought he could govern, and he said he couldn't. Uh, Lawrence Lessig is trying to do the same thing, but without having nearly the kind of media attention that Howard Stern has. Right. So I find it... Uh, I find it, Yeah, I'm very cynical about something that transparently idiotic. This is why we have a real problem with with the Republican Party right now is because they're the party of of non of, of no compromises when that's like I said the whole point of politics is compromise right okay so fuck you <laughs> Lawrence Lessig I'll vote for him <laughs> really yeah yeah. What are you doing with that pencil there? I'm tricking off. <laughs> Practicing. Yeah. <laughs> it's really tiny. Um. Yeah. No, I, I think. I don't know. Watch this video when you get a chance. See what you think. But. Uh, um. 
Why the fuck not? <laughs> like we said, we you know we thought Obama would change the way the world worked, maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, by electing someone like that versus you know a more established person. Well, you can see pretty. <laughs> no, I I think that you know the the irony is that he started off in a gigantic financial hole from somebody else and it took him six years to start getting shit done but I think shit started to get done now yeah uh, I mean I don't I really don't have a problem much of a problem at all with, with, with Obama I think it and I think that stuff is heading in, in a much more decent direction than it was than it would have been had somebody else been elected and than it was before sure sure but it still doesn't it, 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 then, all of our hopes and dreams were not satisfied. Even if your hopes and dreams are just government working just a little bit differently, right? Well, we we did we neglected to understand the institution, both the institutional racism and the ridiculous uh, overreach of the Republican Party, and how effective that would be on some people. Yeah, so now i got to figure out, do I register as a Republican so I can have fun in the Republican primary? <laughs> or do I register as a Democrat so I can vote for Lessig in the primary? <laughs> By the time Pennsylvania has this primary, uh, there's going to be not much to do with this anything. Is, it's way too early. It's way too early for any of this to matter. That's part of the other side thing about this. Sure. And this, this is another reason why... Uh, why so much money is, in, is injected into politics because now these campaigns last two years. Right. I mean, so you have to have a lot of money to sustain an apparatus running that long that's not a, not, it's not making a profit. He's raised $354,000, got 22 days left. What was he needing to make? A million. A third of the way there. Yeah, good luck. Even if he does, it's not going to matter. Maybe people, maybe people start talking about it. Maybe. Well, it's shining a light on it is maybe all he wants to do, and maybe, maybe he'll get enough light shined on it that people will start talking about it. <laughs> Hang enough lanterns on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, you said you think it's a problem. Well, how can you, if he's trying to get attention to the problem? I, I don't think this is a meaningful way to do anything about that. I think this is more of a of a promotion, a self promotion thing than it is. Do you have a few minutes to watch the video? No. Okay. All right. I'll watch it for next time. Okay. But right now, now let's let's get on to the show. Oh, oh, I had an argument with a religious guy at camp too. Oh really? Yeah, that was fun. About what? Religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I forgot how we got into it. I was we were both up sharing beers, watching this meteor shower on Tuesday night. And somehow I forget how I met, but I mentioned I was an atheist. You know, he's like, oh boy, he's like, loading the gun. <laughs> like, it'll be fun. Uh, so we have, uh, we talked about a whole bunch, but uh, it was funny because we had talked about morals earlier. Anyway, I described that morals are behaviors that are proven, proved 
to be productive to a community, to a society that works together, you know, a social social mm-hmm. group of, 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 of animals, of humans. Of animals. Yeah, of animals. But so, you know, we went on a bunch of, di- went all the way around the track and it basically he came back to morals again. They always, a lot of religious people think that that is their highest argument. Came back to morals again. And at that point, it was like one o'clock. And I'm like, okay, I can see we're running in circles. Uh, you know, let, let's, let's just call this one and, you know, and, and head in. I would have, in my, my argument when that happens is, is you know, going to the position that, look, uh, there's no, there's no morality if you're simply, if you simply have a, a list of things you, you do and a list of things you don't do. That's not morality. That is, uh, pronouncements of behavior. Morality is about understanding the situation and doing what is best based on the situational, uh, you know, what, what's right, going on right. at the time. So, it, it, in fact, religion is retrograde morality. It, it's not, it, it has, it is uh, pronouncements that don't change and that uh, are always going to be the case no matter what the circumstance is that is not right. a moral system the other thing for it was interesting he was catholic and i i found interesting how much uh literalness he put into scripture um that was another big sticking point about um not so much not so much the and I also think he made a big, big. If I remember right, he made a pretty big line between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And That's how, typical. How the New Testament is literal and the Old Testament is figurative, or something along those lines. Um, because he didn't seem to really get hung up on. Yes, Moses parted the Red Sea and walked across dry land. Uh-huh. But you know, when it came to the pronouncements, the moral pronouncements. Those seemed to be very, very set in stone, and not. And he didn't accept, you know, me saying that's a well-meaning person a long time ago writing down things that make good society. Then, then, right, and uh, so that was that was maybe maybe opened his eyes a little bit. Like I said, you can't. Well, the one thing he one thing that really he was confused about was how I called myself an atheist but didn't you know he thought atheists were people who could prove there is no god right yeah prove that that's so common no yeah and that's not the point I reject the claim not <laughs> I'm not making the claim you are right so yeah the, that's you, you find that a lot but that, that happens all the time people don't understand the the I guess what a what the modern conception of atheists is from the sort of movement, if you will, of atheists. Right. No, I think there is not a god. I cannot prove it. Yeah. Just as much as you can't prove that there is one, but I didn't. Well, I mean, the thing is, you're the one making the claim that there is a god. I'm not making the claim there isn't a god. I'm just saying I don't believe your claim. Prove it to me. <laughs> that's what. That's it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not making a claim. Now, if I were to say I there is no God, 
that I am making claim. There was one argument I thought of the next day I wish I would have had when I was ready, and that was how many times in human discovery have we learned more about something and Mm -hmm. God was the right answer? It has never once been magic. Right. Never. Because he had mentioned a little bit about, you know, about do you think we can understand everything about the universe? And that's a tough question because... Well, my answer would be no. Oh, right. Cause every, but you define every, everything yeah. very differently than what he was asking. Right. Right. So, but I wish I would have had that response about how many times has God been the answer to things that we've learned yeah. more about. Things that were once God, you know, and... <laughs> The one thing I find sometimes religious people try to bring in is look at all these people in the past who were religious people who made scientific discoveries. And I, I readily admit, yeah, they were. Of course, at the time, that was, those were the only people who knew how to read. People who went through that sort of training. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where, the, that's where the discoveries were coming from. People who were able to read and write down their they stuff. They were the and, smartest people. Yeah. In well, society, whether they were the smartest well, people or not, it, the most educated people yes. in society. So, of course, they were right. Yeah, so it was fun. Had a good, good cool. argument with. Yeah, us. it's always it, it's good to have you know. I mean, these arguments don't have to get like, but yeah, yeah, no. just having the discussion. He he was very yeah. you know he was very open to having the discussion. Didn't get offended. You know, it yeah. was, it was, it was I, really I do really enjoy having discussions like that that are just where you're just sort of illuminating yourself and the other person. Uh, because I mean, hey, so it, it's it's also great to know like how how are they how are they thinking and you know, is there? I don't believe their position is correct, but is their thinking on some aspect? Does it give me something to to work on? Does right. it give me something to try to figure out? Are are they? Is there a possible flaw in my thinking that they have highlighted that I can resolve? He still thinks sodomy is a sin, though. I couldn't. That was a. That's weird. I was trying. I mean, he's a couple years younger than me. Uh-huh. You know, he works for Moody's. Moody's is Moody's their credit agency. Okay. I mean, uh, even though education kind of job you have that doesn't really ha- affect religion or you know how re- how religious you are or whatnot. You know, you know. So I made my argument that you know that I like to make, where you know I, I make no differentiation between interracial marriage and same-sex marriage, or interracial relationships and same-sex relationships. You know, to me, there there's no difference, and um, you know he, he just wouldn't buy it. You know, he was I can't remember all his counters to it, but I think that's how he started getting into scripture. I think yeah. that's when he started going back to scripture. That's uh, when you say, "I don't believe your Bible," so you can. Well, we started talking about scripture, and you know, I described about you know, I think it's a good bunch of stories to tell people how they should behave, you know, in a you know, properly in society. Um, I don't think there's anything divine behind them, or, you know, that kind of thing, you know. And then that, you know, he started doubling down on, you know, it's written. So it is, type thing, and that—that's when you, you, I think at some and point. And then I think it was shortly after that we came back to morals a second yeah. time, and that's when I wrapped it up. I think at some point, if I were in that conversation, and I'm saying this, you have to do it your this way, but this is how I would do it. I, I would have said, you know, you can 
quote from that book all you want, but that book is not to me nearly the same thing it is to you. So let's focus on what we can agree on and not something that is that we can't. Because you can quote from that book all day long, it's not going to mean a thing to me. He was also trying, oh, an interesting point he was trying to explain to me was how he had really found his faith, right? He wasn't very faithful. Uh-huh. He went to a party. That's an interesting thing I want to talk so, about. So he went to a party, but it was this, you know, his parents were there, you know, there's mm-hmm. like this, like, you know, let's get all the kids, you know. And, you know, then he started talking about how, you know, he didn't expect but you know there was something that was turned on you know there was mm-hmm. he you know he got this mo- this epiphany moment right where you know the, yeah he never imagined that being faithful would feel like that yeah you know so i mean that was kind of an interesting thing he was talking about he got high kind of yeah and he's going to be chasing that high forever and he's never going to get that high again but he's still trying to chase it it's interesting. And that is very often what I find about people who go through religious you know, religious events like that. They they have this, this situation where they literally get high, the, the, whatever concentration mm-hmm. of neurotransmitters in their system, and they get this boom, and it's wonderful, and it's amazing. And yeah, you know, it, it can be. And then, like any addict, keeps chasing that particular high. That's interesting. Yeah, so, uh, you know, those were pretty much the main points that I had to talk. It was great. It was a great conversation. Like I said, he didn't take anything personally. You know, there was a couple times where he was talking about scripture, you know, it's like, I'm hearing you say, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, it was, it was really good. I couldn't imagine having a better argument with a religious person. Cool. So, it's fun. So, should we move on to the beers? Yes, I believe that is normally what happens next. Good. Good. Good? Good. Good. <laughs>